This is Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Now, here's Patrick McEnroe. All right, welcome to another edition of Holding Court, everyone. Patrick McEnroe here, and I can't tell you how pumped up I am to have this man join me. Don't know, don't know him personally, but uh, I got to admit, uh, Brett Denon, you singer-songwriter extraordinaire, when I found out that you, were, uh, you agreed to come on my show through a mutual friend of ours, I got like all in on you know, doing my homework on you, listening to you. I mean, I knew a little bit about your music, but I got to admit, I didn't know that much about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all in now. I mean, you have made me... You're doing you, your research. You're you, watching the tape. I'm watching the videos. Uh, I mean, I'm listening, I'm listening to it right now. You know, that's my dog, the Comeback Kid theme song. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And what I'm... Did, lo- you watch the, did you watch the music video for that? So here's the deal, okay? So I play, I play a little tennis in well, that that's video. That's what I'm going to get to because I'm, I'm, wa- I'm listening to your tunes. I'm working out this morning. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling your vibe of, you know, the deep, the lyrics are unbelievable. Um, so Thank I'm, you. I'm getting, you know, I, I actually was a f- have been a fan from a, a number of people that you say you've been fan, you're fans of, you know, Cat Stevens and Van Morrison, Paul Simon, as I was growing up. So I'm hearing, you know, those sure. influences with you. But when I see the video, I'm watching the video, I'm all fi- I'm like in the best mood watching that video. And then I see you hitting balls. And now I'm like, okay. We got to get. We got to get into, and then that's a pretty darn good forehand swing you got there, Brett. Where'd you learn that? Well, that was. It's gotten a lot better, Patrick. That was 2011, I think. I've I've gained some ground. My ground strokes are a lot better than than that video, but I I still wear the tie dye. Well, you got to. I mean, you're a California kid through and through. Obviously, as I as I learned doing my research on you, I know you're big into the into the outdoors. You talk a lot about you. You love skiing. Uh, I'm a, I love hiking. I mean, I went to school in, in Northern California, Stanford. So I used to go out there and go hiking. I miss that living sort of close to New York city where I've lived most of my life. But how did you get into, t- I mean, did you grow up playing tennis at all? Cause the swings that I saw led me to think you played a bit as a kid. Well, no, it's the, it's, it's kind of wonky when my grandfather was a country club guy and he gave me a tennis camp. Hmm. Uh, day camp like a, as a birthday present a long time ago when I was a little kid. So I took that camp at the Del Rio Country Club in Modesto, California. Mm-hmm. And then I never really hit around after that. And it, you know, and I, but, I, but because of that camp and because of my grandfather, I just always thought I was a tennis player. Like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I play tennis. But then every time I go play, like in college or even high school or, or, you know, when I started playing music, I just would always get rolled by people who really knew how to play. Mm-hmm. And I just kept, I don't know, I just kept getting more and more fascinated with the game. I started following it pretty closely. And uh, then in, I'd say 2010 or 11, I moved into a total bachelor pad with a couple buddies of mine who are also musicians and mm-hmm. producers and in the, in the music business. And we lived right around the corner from a park that had awesome tennis courts. So we just started balling all mm-hmm. the time. Wow. Two times a day. And then I started making some friends in the industry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, and then what really elevated my game was uh, we started, hit, 
started hitting on the road. I mean, everywhere you go in mm-hmm. America, all over the world, there's a tennis court, there's a public court somewhere mm-hmm. nearby. So we, so we get our hitting in every day before the show. And we just, just got total, like I do with most stuff. I just got totally obsessed. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that's really, I mean, I never competed. Mm-hmm. I never had formal lessons really outside of that camp. I just kind of come from a fun, fun point of view. But I got to, I got to back up because we actually have met before. We sat together at a dinner. Okay, where was that? It was at the James Blake. Oh, okay. Foundation right. Okay. dinner. Right. It's right, a right. jazz. It's jazz at the Lincoln and Center. Center. And, yeah, that's right. I do remember I that. And I sat between you and Courier. Wow. And I sing a couple songs. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if you spoke or not, but I remember talking to you a lot. Wow. Well, I can tell you what, I'm never going to forget you, okay? Because after, after listening to your tunes and watching your videos and learning about you, I, you, you, know, you, you said in one of your interviews that I think you were in Colorado, you were touring, going through all the um, ski towns, and you said you, yeah. you, you love to ski, and so you sort of combined, you know, you said you were lucky enough to have fans in these ski towns all across the West. So I'm thinking to myself, we got to get you, like, following the tennis tour a little bit and start booking up, of course, when this whole nightmare of COVID ends, right? I mean, this sure. must have impacted you like uh, it's impacted oh, yeah. lots I, of musicians. I, I, don't, I don't have a job now. I'm a full-time amateur DIY home improvement guy now. <laughs> when, 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 you started, when you started playing tennis again, at the, when you're talking about at the park, I'm assuming that was in the L.A. area? Yeah, that was in Santa Monica. In Santa Monica. And you just... Yeah. And so when you, go, when you go, as you say, ball, which I love, I love that term for playing tennis. Let's go. I always say, my wife always makes fun of me. I was, I'm always, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to go hit some balls. You know, we're going to go bang some yeah. balls. Hit some so, balls. Hit bang right. some balls. So, but you don't, you don't start balling until you, you make real connection with the ball, right? When you're, when you're hitting big balls, then, then you can say, now I'm balling. Yeah, well, that's why I'm impressed with you because obviously you, you, you are balling. And so the guys that you would go play with are these guys in your band. I mean, I know you play a lot on your own. Obviously, you have, you, got, you have a band as well that you've toured with. When you go and play on the road, are you balling with guys in your band? Are you looking for people to play with in various towns? Are you searching where can I get a game? You know, what's your MO when you're on the road balling? Well, I, I'm lucky enough to have guys in my band and crew that love it just mm-hmm. as much as me, if not more. And so, and we all know each other's game pretty well. We know each other's weaknesses. So we go and we work out. We, we mm-hmm. you know, we, we try, we, we, we coach each other. We encourage each other. But one time, the, the, the best I can say is one time we had a, a friend of mine who's a pro, a tennis pro, a, a teacher, and he runs a, uh, live ball program he came on the road with us for a couple weeks and so every day he was drilling us running live ball games setting us up with quick matches based on our skill level mm-hmm. and gosh i mean if i could do that all the time uh, that, that'd be incredible yeah, yeah. but no i haven't i haven't reached out on social media or anything like that looking for matches mm-hmm. you know i got i got plenty of competition in in my own band so you know you you know you've made it as a musician when you can go around touring and you can afford to bring the tennis guy with you, right? To get you to get you ready to give your workout. So obviously you're 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 killing it in your music career. 
Yeah, but all you have to do is give him a guitar and let him just shred a couple <laughs> of guitar solos during during the sound check. So you know. now the other the, the other thing I, I I I learned about you is that obviously where you grew up, you grew up in um, a couple hours from from sort of the San Francisco area in the mountains. Um, you're into pickles because your dad used to jar pickles. Um, but I also oh, yeah. in, I was interested in how you got um, into you know obviously songwriting and singing and what you do, but you're also, you were really dialed in with just basically trying to help people, you know, in your community you worked at. Tell me about how, when you worked at a summer camp, which I know was for, I think it was for underprivileged kids as you were a teenager growing up. What was that like? Well, I think, I think you're mixing together a couple different programs that I work with, but I did do a summer camp every summer Mm -hmm. into my early twenties. And that was more of, um, there was there were times where we had underprivileged kids come through, and we had a special program that I ran for them where we would just take them backpacking. We just like okay pack everything up and just go outdoors for a week. But then there was also a, a regular camp aspect in that. And then I've been a part. Of, there's a big found a big uh, organization in the Bay Area called the Mosaic Project, right, which I've heard uh, of that. brings yeah. kids kids lot of lots of different backgrounds mm-hmm. together. Actually, start started by two Stanford grads. Oh, there you go. Um, I know. And, uh, and so we, we bring together kids of all different backgrounds and, and take them to an outdoor setting and let them sort of get to know each other and break down whatever stereotypes mm-hmm. they already have and try to see parallels in the, in the bigger picture and the bigger world. But um, my parents just have always, I don't know, they always enrolled me in community service programs or scouting. And it seemed like we were always picking up trash by a river or something like mm-hmm. that on a weekend so it just kind of felt natural and i you know w- when you start playing music and bringing people together at concerts you you, you, you have to see an opportunity to do something with that mm-hmm. and usually people are like-minded and on the same page and wanting to do some sort of good in the world so i'm always looking for the next angle uh, to do something because I think not only does it fulfill me but it fulfills people and I think it, it really just kind of helps mm-hmm. spread the word on who you are and and builds a bigger more important brand I love what you said in one of your interviews because you you're talking about you know your your interest in helping others and I think at one point when you were a kid you wanted to be a teacher um, and then you mm-hmm. realize your gift that you had in music and then you said you know music creates feelings in people and I got to tell you listening to your stuff. I mean, I was like, I was crying listening to, uh, oh, uh, you know, when we were young, you know, like, cause I'm in, I'm, you know, in my mid fifties, I got three daughters and, you know, you start thinking, you know, you start thinking about your place in the world even more, I think, as you get older. So I'm watching this and, and you've got that ability to, to, to tap into that. And then you've also got, you know, ability to just have so much darn fun. You know, with yeah. the, with the comeback kid. I mean, I know that's for 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 a big you know a TV show when you did that song. But how do you how do you find all both of those? Because to me, that's you know a remarkable gift to be able to give that type of vibe within your music. Well, I, you know, that's just I think that's just the magic of music. I mean, when you when you put notes together and space them out and move them around. It just does something. I mean, nobody really knows why it does mm-hmm. what it does, but every note combined with another note in, in some sort of an order makes people people feel a certain way. And then when you add lyrics on top of that, I mean, you really, I mean, it, it really is the magic of music. I mean, I try to write things that are 
positive and uplifting or storytelling and try to tap into the human experience. But even if I didn't do that, if I just wrote about garbage and banana peels, the fact that there's a melody, the fact that there's a melody there, the melody evokes some sort of emotion. And um, it's just like, I think that's why I love doing it is because it's, it's a great unknown. Nobody really knows why people like music or what music is successful or not. It's just, it's just magical stuff. It's amazing it's when you. The best, yeah. It's the best way I can describe it. When you, when you listen to a good tune, like a new tune, you, I always think to myself, it, "There's so many songs in the world, right? And there's and there's not yeah, that right. many chords. Yet some this person figured out how to do something new, and that that to me is what what always mesmerizes me about music. I mean, even now, like you know, that's my dog. I mean, like that's in my head. Like listen, yeah. I'm just listening to that, watching your video. Um, you know, you got that hook going and okay, let me get, let me, I'm supposed to be talking about tennis. Okay. In my podcast, you know, Brown always trying to bring it back to tennis, but, um, you, your forehand looks pretty solid. You, you're pretty lanky guy. You're kind of, you yeah. know, how, how tall yeah, are you? I'm not, I'm, I'm not a you? mover. I'm, I'm six, five. You're six, five. Okay. Yo, you're, yeah. you're bigger than I thought. Okay. Well, when I was playing on the tour way back in the day, Brett, when when I played somebody that was six five, I'm I'm like this guy's got no shot because he can't move, right? Right. Now, of course, yeah, that's I'm the same way. Now, well, but you you know now that's changed, Brett. So I'm giving you, I'm yeah. trying to give you motivate you because now you got guys like you know Del Potro, sure. all these guys, Zverev. They're all six five. They're all six four now. All these young guys. Yeah, and they move like gazelles out on the court. So they're still. There's still hope for you. What do you do when you're? You say you well, do they all have Olymp- They all have Olympians for parents. <laughs> I have a, a I have a a carpenter and a stay at home homeschool teaching mom. Yeah, <laughs> well, that worked pretty well for you doing the homeschool uh, part of it. What? Uh, so, what do you do for your training? You said you and your 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 guys on tour when you're playing do some other stuff for sort of cross training. What else do you do? Well, I love running. I actually just took a run on the beach just a little while ago, and and now I've gotten really into surfing. So, mm. so, but that's more of a meditative thing than anything. But like you, I mean, I ski pretty much all winter long. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to be active outside, just moving around. Even when I'm stuck at home, I like to just start tinkering with things and just get up and move around. You know, you? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hitting the weight room or anything right, like right, that. Right. If you're that's just, what you're asking. No, you're just doing. No. You're not doing like, uh, you know, plyometric stuff like that. All these tennis players <laughs> do now with the, you know, the bands and the whole deal. Let me ask you this: um, one of your videos was awesome. I mean, they're all great, but the one with the older, the, the older lady. Yeah, know, yeah. Is that uh, Vera? What's yeah, her? yeah. So. Yeah. Like, where'd you come up with that? I mean, that must have been unbelievable. That, I mean, the, the film or skydiving and, you know, it's about and you going in there and cleaning her, her apartment, you know, cleaning the toilet. I mean, that was like, how'd you come up with that idea? That was brilliant. <laughs> what we did was we, uh, we went to L.A. and we did a casting call and we, we, we were looking for a, a certain age group of people, you mm-hmm. know, in their golden, in their golden prime. And instead of giving them lines to read, we said, just riff, improvise, tell us what your absolute perfect day would be. If you mm-hmm. could do anything, what would, if you go back and do anything that you've done in your life or anything you wish you could have done. And so I, I forget how many people we interviewed or we auditioned. There was like 10, 10 to 20. And some people said the wildest things. I mean, one guy was like, I want to ride on a horse 
on the beach naked. Mm. And we're like, okay, well, I don't know if we can really do that in the video. <laughs> right. Another guy. Another although, you, guy although you did get the older woman who ended up being the star to uh, skinny sure, dip. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to her, yeah. Okay. So the, this other guy said, I just want to go back to Cafe du Monde in uh, New Orleans, and I want to eat beignets, and I want to kiss this beautiful waitress that I saw mm. back in 19. 19- 70 whatever i want to just kiss her on the lips and I'm like okay i don't know if we can recreate that <laughs> right but then this woman vera she said oh i could tell you a million things i want to i want to jump into a, a pool full of sprinkles and eat ice cream i want to skydive i want a skinny dip i want to ride in a limousine and drink champagne and we're like yeah i mean she's pretty vibrant mm-hmm. um we could tell right off the bat and uh, she had a charisma, and all of her ideas seemed feasible. So, but and then in her vid, in 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 her audition, she said, "But I I couldn't do all these things because I have too much housework." Mm-hmm. So that's where we got the idea of like, why don't oh. we just swap with her? Right. Because we knew we wanted to get somebody in their golden prime doing mm-hmm. all the things. Like it's not too late to get out and live a good life and do the things that you wish you could have done. But when she said, "I can't do that." I have to make bologna sandwiches for my husband and vacuum the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We got the idea of like, oh, okay, maybe I'll switch and, and the husband and I will do housework. Turns out the husband was also a part-time actor and he kept trying to steal the show every time the camera pointed at him and I and we had to edit him out a lot. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, this is, this is my video, bro. Right, right. But, uh, but uh, yeah, we, all the ideas came straight from her. Well, that was uh, it. Was uh, uh, so much fun to watch it, you know, to watch her go go through this stuff, and then to see you grinding away, you know. F- but nice technique, by the way, in fixing the bed. You know, you fix it. You know, you've made the bed nicely because you know I'm used to living yeah. in hotels my whole life, just like like you and your your guys and your band. And you know, that's one thing. Like when I'm at home, my wife's like, "Could you make the bed?" I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. You're so used to being in the hotel. So tell me how COVID. I mean, I know it's it's shut down so much of your business. Particularly, it shut it all down. Yeah. So, what is what are you doing with your time now? What and, and how are you able to just sort of stay creative right now? Sure. Well, right, right. The the day before California went on its first lockdown, I flew back from recording my next album in Nashville. I was in Nashville. I finished it up. I flew home, and now it's just in the can. We're sitting on it, waiting for the right time to release it. Mm-hmm. And then we have to figure out some strategic way to do shows. I mean, there's I've done some live stream, and we're going to do some more of those. But next summer, we're looking to do some social distance mm-hmm. outdoor shows. Just try to keep it small. Go to a place and do maybe three nights and try to make a little money. Try to get the band out. Get Give my guys a job. Give everybody mm-hmm. I work with a job. Right. People, I think people are desperately needing music i mean that that's, oh, that's probably first and foremost but then other than that I'm, I'm also a visual artist and i've been diving into my visual arts and painting a lot and selling paintings and i got this idea for a youtube show that i want to that i want to put out where it's like a bob ross show mm-hmm. you know and uh, imagine if bob ross was painting and talking about his technique and all the happy little trees and it's soothing and peaceful, but maybe in the middle of the show, while he's waiting for something to dry on the canvas, he picks up a guitar 
and sings a song or two. Mm-hmm. How rad would that be? That would be cool. Well, you, you, I mean, yeah. I, I went through that's your, my, that's my whole concept of the show. I want to, I want to paint to do some watercolor, let the colors splash together and say, Hey, you know, this reminds me of a song yeah. and then pick up a guitar and sing a song. Well, you're lucky, um, Brett, because you actually have the ability to do both, which I, I, you know, I went through your Instagram and, and some of the, some of the um, stuff you've done were covers of your records, right? Yeah, I've yeah. done some of that. I do a lot of landscape. I do mm-hmm. a lot of abstract. Um, I'm getting really into doing uh, people I uh, portraits of people I admire, musicians, and people I've worked, other musicians I've worked with. You know. Well, I can tell you one thing. Stuff I'm into. Yeah, I mean, I'm. It's uh, it's been a, it's been awesome for me to uh, learn more about you and about your music. And uh, you said you're you're really into watching tennis too now. We we in the tennis world, you know, obviously a lot of things shut down. First time ever, Wimbledon sure. was was canceled this year. But we were lucky enough to have the U.S. Open with no fans, French Open, very limited fans. So you know, the mm-hmm. tour's going on. Um, we're now, I work for ESPN for the big yeah. tournament. So now we're supposed sure. to, what's next for you? Are you going to Australia? Well, that's what I was just going to bring up. We're sub- usually we go there every year and do a big, um, production there. I would say 50, 50 right now, if we're going to go, you know, cause there's oh, a lot, lot of logistics, um, going on there. So we'll see, but who do you like to watch? You like to watch men's tennis, women's tennis, both? Yeah, Doesn't matter. But all of it, all of it. If you're asking players specifically, I mean, I, I love the big, the big guys, the mm-hmm. big three. But yeah. um, younger, younger guy. I mean, I always end up rooting for young French and Italian players. Um, well, the Ita- I like the, Matteo, Matteo yeah. Berrettini. Berrettini, he's got yeah, a cool. He's got a great game. By the way, the Itali- um, the Italians have a couple of really good young seventeen, eighteen year olds coming. One kid's name's uh, Musetti, and he's at eighteen. Musetti, yeah, you're gonna hear a lot. He may be like big time. And then you got Sinner, Yannick Sinner, yes. who's about a year older. Yeah. He's nineteen. He you know gave Nadal a yeah. tough set at the French Open. Sure. So for a right. long time, for a long time, there were no players coming from Italy. And then you have Fognini, who's a real character. But now you've got a couple of teenagers that could be like big time players. I love that. I, I just, I, I love the Italian game. I don't know what it's all about. I don't know what they're doing, but it just, I don't know. They, for some reason, I'm, I'm always pulling for them. They got a little flair usually, you know, the, yeah. Fr- the, the French too play with a little more flair, you know, they're not maybe as predictable, um, yeah. you know, traditionally as like the Spanish players or we, we would say they're more organized players. They play more yes. consistent yeah. type of ball Head down. Yeah. Right. You know, which is why they generally do better. Okay. Because in, yeah. in tennis, it's like, you know, you got to have that combination of having that, that flair, but you need the, what I call the meat and potatoes. If you want to be one of the best, best. Mm-hmm. What's meat and potatoes for you as a musician? That's Tom Petty. Oh man, love Petty. Right? Oh, I mean, that's yeah. just, that's the first thing that comes to yeah. mind. It's like you hear his songs and you think, "Oh, I could have written that," but you can't. I mean, you know how hard it mm-hmm. is to do what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- mute the the lyric and the melody come across so perfectly. The marriage of those two things mm. come so come so perfectly to your ear. It's like it fell out of guys like you can't imagine him saying any other words or you can't imagine any other melody to those words 
And it's all just straight ahead rock and roll with mm-hmm. just beautiful melodies. Everything is economical. Um, he doesn't flourish too much. He only does it when he needs to. He cuts all the fat out. Mm-hmm. It's Tom Petty. Man, Petty is unbelievable. And I know you're a big Paul Simon guy too. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he's I, my all time. He's I, my all time. I hear, I hear some of his, you know, world music kind of vibe coming into some of your songs. And that's, I'm no, I'm no music guy, as you can obviously tell talking to me, but I'm, I would imagine that's a little tricky, right? Because when you bring in those different influences, like if you screw it up, it probably doesn't work at all. So maybe you could educate me yeah, a little bit. Yeah, easy. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you got to really understand. I think you just have to really love the music that you're trying to emulate. You have to understand and really know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, like everybody's always trying to put a little bit of reggae into their music, but it, most of the time it sounds flat or it sounds cheesy or it sounds, fake, hallmarky, whatever you want to say, because they're not really understanding what it, what, what it is that makes reggae reggae. Reggae has a completely upside down uh, rhythm beat. If, if you're thinking about, you know, where, where the drums fall in, in the, in every measure of the song, it, it comes from a completely different place. You, you kind of have to understand where it's coming from. And then if you want to show your influence in, in a music like reggae or, you know, various African music, you can't really go all the way. Mm-hmm. You just have to just do a little bit of it to, to, to let people know that you love it and you admire it, but you're not trying to rip it off at the same time. Right, you're not trying to be Marley, but at the same time, if you do even a little touch of it, you better do it well, right? So you better have a lot of information and background in that uh, genre. So, all right. Yeah, and you got to do it with respect, mm-hmm. too, and, right? No, Absolutely. So when you get yeah. back, um, when this whole craziness ends, and I also notice you on Twitter um, promoting people get out to vote, so we all know how uh, vitally important that is coming up. I won't go into any more detail other than that, but uh, I think you catch my drift. <laughs> Why not? Right? Well, I mean, you know, my tennis fans are like, "Don't talk politics on your podcast." You know, I'm leaning. You know, I'm, I'm if, starting if to go there. You don't talk politics on yeah. your podcast. Where are you supposed to talk them? Yeah, I, I guess just in the bar or whatever. But you now you can't even go there. So um, you, when you get back on, well, I catch uh, the drift. When you get back on the road um, and you get back, you, you better still be balling in L.A. because you can still, you know, tennis is a perfect sport for social distance. So you can play all you yeah. want. Mm-hmm. So you're still playing? And everywhere. I mean, there's, yeah, and there's beautiful courts mm-hmm. all over the country. I mean, I, I, hear, I hear people say that, that, you know, we don't have the infrastructure in America to, to bring up a lot of tennis players, but there's, courts everywhere with nobody on them beautiful public courts yeah. that look like they should be private i mean just gosh get out there and hit some balls well it's not it's not it's not easy to get good at tennis you know it takes a lot uh-huh. of, a lot of skill a lot of work a lot of repetitions over the years just just like i'm sure playing the guitar and writing music which uh you do about as yeah, well but you yeah. can get lucky with the guitar i mean you can just have three chords and a cool idea and hit the jackpot with tennis you gotta grind you just told me about tom petty come on now you ain't getting lucky doing that <laughs> maybe maybe once but not like petty or like you 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 brett denon keep doing what you're doing follow him everybody on twitter instagram check out his videos on youtube for his, his tunes absolutely been a, a real pleasure for me a revelation Thanks, man. for me to like really dive into your music and it's 
I'm hooked, man. I am. I'm I appreciate it. And and you are keep inspiring people, okay? And keep banging that ball. Okay, buddy. The one and only Brett Denon, everyone, on Holding Court. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.